0: Welcome to the How to Be a Minimalist podcast. My name is Katie and I am your host. In the details of this episode, you can find links to my Patreon, my YouTube channel, as well as the books that I've written. Thanks for supporting the show. This is episode number 111, Minimalism and the Good Heart Law. Hey there, minimalists. Hope you are having a good day today. We are actually getting ready to go on a trip, and I'm really excited. We haven't gone anywhere in our RV for a long time, and my husband and I were talking about it. I know that kind of probably sounds funny because we live in an RV. Shouldn't we be traveling a lot? Well, yes and no. We are trying to work on a lot of our financial goals, and so we are not just going places all the time. And also, my husband's work keeps us stationary during the school year, but we do want to make more of an effort to get out on the road. I think we are headed to the beach for a few days though and the weather is supposed to be at least not raining and should be partly cloudy. <laughs> so hopefully we'll see a little bit of sun and enjoy the Pacific Northwest coast. By Monday, when this launches, I should have my new YouTube video out, which is sort of a day in the life and also my goddess dressing recipe. I edited it, it was all done, And I have had the hardest time uploading it to YouTube. So hopefully it will be working out just fine. I think that my iPad just needs to be updated and then it will be all taken care of. Anyway, feel free to check that out. I definitely appreciate your support. I'm getting very close to being monetized on YouTube, and it is such a goal of mine to get that done. I would like to have the same consistency with my YouTube channel as I do with this podcast. So if you want to head on over there, watch it, like, subscribe, do all that awesome supportive stuff, it is very much appreciated. And I, yeah, I would totally love to have your support over there as well. As for my personal update for my 2022 goals, I was able to finish listening to Olivia Oliphant is Completely Fine by Gail Honeyman. I thought it was a really, really interesting and cute, fun story that actually surrounds a really deep, dark topic. So I know that all of those words don't generally go together, but I really did like it. One character swears a lot, so just a heads up if that is something that you generally avoid. You know, I figured I would just throw that out there if I'm going to tell a bunch of people like, hey, this is a cute book. I wouldn't want you to go and listen and then be like, oh, I didn't know there's a bunch of swearing in here. I am on my way to Hatchet, which my son, if you've been listening for a while, he recommended I read a couple of months ago, and it's such a good book. It's been really fun to read it. It's a great story, and I I think I read it when I was a kid, but it's been a long time, and it's fun to read something for my son. My goal to garden all year round has been going well. I've been tending to my houseplants and I've had to do a little research on a couple of them. I also have my spring sprouts that I planted, which you can see in my last video. And if you want to see how they're doing now, uh, actually they're even doing better than what they are in the video uh, that I am supposed to have posted onto YouTube this week, but my sprouts are doing great. If you want to check those out there in the video, they are going to go into a glorious avocado and tofu sandwich tomorrow. And I made the bread today. I'm very excited about the sandwich. It's going to be yummy. For the second week in a row, I'm so proud to say that I have gotten my mandatory time each day of the week. I wanted to get an hour and a half in each day and I've gotten that in so far and I have had no laundry on the weekend. I'm about to go and do a load of wash right after I'm done recording this and then I will not need to do it until next week. I would say this is a very victorious moment for me personally. I also made a goal to go on an outing with one person from my family each week. And this week, I am headed out to do a little baking with my girly. But basically, she wanted to make a dessert pizza, and we're going to go pick out some toppings. I think, essentially, she's going to convince me to buy as much candy as she possibly can. And then we're going to put it on what will be a giant sugar cookie. (laughs) So, I don't know what she's wanting to do, but... It's going to be fun to make this crazy creation. I am loving my goals this year. They have been some of the most fun things. They've made me a more mindful person. But also I am finding that they are so in tune with how I'm living right now. I hope that they keep on going and that I can keep them up because it's been really, really great. Today I want to talk about the Good Heart Law. My husband originally mentioned this law to me. About a month or two ago, and it has been rattling around in my brain ever since then. Charles Goodhart is a British economist, and he said, any observed statistical regularity will tend to collapse once pressure is placed upon it for control purposes. Not being an economist, I appreciated when Marilyn Strathern sort of translated this into everyday use. And I think this is something that more people tend to hear, although I'm not really sure. It's just a quote that came up a lot when I was doing my research. She said, When a measure becomes a target, it ceases to be a good measure. I would say that this law can easily be seen in education. Once you start teaching to a grade or once students start working to a grade you never know what kind of an education they're going to get how much are they actually learning i experienced this when i used to dance i took ballet and tap i took modern i did jazz and it it was a great experience and i feel like i had a well-rounded experience at my dance studio one teacher in particular though she Taught to the recital like you would not believe. The first date we started learning the piece for our recital, and it was for TAP. I only ever took one semester of TAP, and honestly, I can't remember hardly any of it. It was probably the worst experience. I didn't really know the dance very well. I think I got tucked into the back, which is weird because in all of my other dance classes that were taught to the learning of dance, I, I did a good job. I, I was often featured. I had no trouble learning the pieces or anything like that. But with this particular class, I did not do a very good job. Once the measure with dance became doing a good job at the recital, it was not a good measure at all because I didn't learn anything in that class at all. And yet, many of my other dance classes I remember a ton from because I was taught the actual different steps and moves. My husband and I were on one of our walks a couple of months ago. We were talking about goals, and I was venting to him about not losing the amount of weight that I had wanted to last year. He mentioned that I had become healthier, which was the true target, and he reminded me about Good Heart's Law. And so I hadn't failed. I had actually made my way better towards that goal instead of corrupting the measure of just losing that weight. My mentality, though, even in retrospect, had corrupted my goal to be healthier. I really, really wanted to be healthier, so losing weight didn't necessarily mean that I was a healthier person. In fact, just using that measure of weight loss, it could have led me into disordered eating or malnourishment or all kinds of things. It can be very difficult to be a healthy person, especially if you have struggles you're trying to overcome. And I think that specifically Marilyn Strathern's quote, when a measure becomes a target, it ceases to be a good measure, applies to what I was talking about with my weight loss. I think that it's kind of easy to corrupt targets and quickly move from deciding that we are succeeding because we're trying into we failed because we didn't get to a target and we used that one measure to get to the place of we are failures. I think it's even easy to consider ourselves as failures just by looking at someone else and saying well I'm not like that so I guess I'm not a minimalist. There's a difference between looking for inspiration and wondering what kinds of goals can you have, kind of searching the world for what are my options for the best life possible as far as minimalism goes or whatever else. It is a great idea to take a look around, but we shouldn't then compare ourselves and determine that we are failures because we are not meeting that goal or become so honed in on one thing that we then fail to reach that corrupted goal. There were a ton of memes on Goodhart's Law. So if you want more examples, I would definitely go and check out Goodhart's Law. It's very interesting and it can apply to so many different areas of life. I think it is a great one to explore further. Goodhart's Law implies that we need to keep in mind a target with pure intent and outcome focus. I've thought about it a lot and I've thought about various of my goals and I made a list of what I think are the best ways to not corrupt our minimalistic goals or other types of goals in our life. Number one would be something that I read in various of the Goodheart Law articles that I read. The advice is have more than one measure of success. So as far as education goes, if you're trying to learn something, don't just look at the grade. The grade should just be a measure of you having done the proper work in order to get a grade and not, I kept a bunch of stuff in my head for a little bit and then I dumped that information for the next test information. <laughs> I didn't actually learn about whatever. As far as minimalism goes, the number of possessions you have can be one measure and the making sure that those possessions are items that you use and love can be a second measure. So you can't just have one measure. As far as weight loss goes, it shouldn't just be for me anyway. I want to lose X amount of pounds. It should be, I want to lose X amount of pounds and... I want to be this much healthier in this area, this area, and this area. I think that making sure that these things are in place ensures that we are moving toward our targets in a healthy way and a way that is actually filled with success, learning, and getting to what we want our ultimate goal to be, not just that you wanted a good grade or you wanted to have only 100 possessions and you find yourself with nothing that is of value or anything that you love in your home. Number two would be don't compare yourself with others. I think that comparisons can be good when you're looking for inspiration, but once we seriously start to compare ourselves to others, those comparisons generally lead to us feeling like we can only focus on one measure, And if we haven't met that measure, then we are failures. As far as minimalism goes, though, every single home in this world is different. They are all different. And so minimalism is not going to look the same for every person. It's impossible. So if we can avoid comparing ourselves, I think that will help us to keep on track instead of considering ourselves failures for not reaching Potentially impossible goals, but also for reaching goals that shouldn't have ever been there in the first place because they are automatically corrupted. Number three would be every few months, take a moment to observe your needs. Minimalism should serve you, not the other way around. I remember when I recognized that I was serving my possessions when I was at the peak of my Amount of possessions that I had, and I realized I think I have some hoarding tendencies here. I was frustrated that all of my possessions were taking up my time, they were very consuming. I was worried about them, I was worrying about their functionality, and I was so sick of it all. When I finally realized what was happening and that I was serving these inanimate objects, it was a bit of a wake up call, honestly. I think that in order to make sure that your goals for minimalism are successful, taking a moment to figure out what those successes are is a really good idea. Our lives change. We have different things that we're focused on. We have different intentions. We have different amounts of time to focus on different things, especially if you're in the middle of a very long and difficult decluttering project. That is very time consuming. So you may have one week where you get a lot done. You may have the next three weeks where you're unable to do anything to make progress. Taking time to refocus, refresh your goals and see what will really serve you and your family and your home the best is a really important step. I think this will really serve all of us to have good measures of success. Number four is to create and remember your whys as you do this, make sure that they are simple and also make sure that they are taking you towards good targets. My whys always become mantras. They have been as simple as, I want to live in an RV. They have been as simple as, I don't want to clean up so much stuff anymore. There are so many different whys that you can come up with. Whatever your whys are though, Making sure that you have them and that those are your focus and that they are the heart and the depth of why you are practicing minimalism is really important. And I think that that will help us to continue moving toward healthy goals instead of goals that will just lead to failure, basically. My first round of seriously practicing minimalism definitely took me on the road of creating a goal that ceased to be a good measure. I just wanted to have less stuff, and I ended up getting rid of a lot of things, not necessarily in a really thoughtful way. Also, when I was practicing minimalism, I thought it was just about possessions, and so I got rid of a bunch of stuff, and then I was like, wait, this didn't solve all my problems, and I gave up on it. I wish I could have held my hand back then and said, no, 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 minimalism is about so much more, let's work our way through this. I wish I would have had more than one measure of success, but I wish I could have held my hand back then and said, look, don't compare yourself to others. Don't focus on just the possessions. Focus on really, really living. It was a lesson that I learned the hard way. Absolutely. And I felt like a failure because once I did get down to the number of possessions that I wanted to be at, sort of, I didn't really have what I wanted or what I needed. Minimalism isn't necessarily going to fix all the problems in your life. I think that's impossible to find anything that will do that. But it definitely is helpful. It is such a fantastic tool and it clears the way so that we can live and enjoy those experiences. It makes the rough experiences a little easier. It's such a beautiful practice. I really wish I would have known that. I wish back then that my whys hadn't been... Just get rid of 75% of your stuff, which is what we did. We got rid of so much stuff. I would be a lot farther along with minimalism. I would have saved a lot of money. And also I would have had so many more beautiful experiences and had a different focus. I didn't have that message back then though, and I had to learn the hard way, but that is still a lesson learned. (laughs) I have learned with minimalism. There need to be multiple measures of success. My minimalist challenge for you today is to think about your progress so far in minimalism and to look at those successes or quote-unquote failures so far anyway. Right now, maybe they are failures, but you know, I never liked that word really because it, it implies that you're giving up, have quit, and are not going to make any strides ever again. I don't like that. So take a look at your progress, I guess, your minimalistic progress, and look at the ways you've tried to get through minimalism or toward minimalistic goals with this idea of Goodhart's Law. I'm sure, like me, you can find some of that where a measure has become a target and that measure has ceased to be a good measure. I am going to go and finish getting us ready to take off tomorrow. I'm very excited. I hope you have had a great weekend and that you have a good week coming up ahead. Remember, it is all about the experiences, not the stuff, and I will see you next time.